<clears throat> All right. Uh, our guiding scripture that we've read every week in this series on the fruit of the Spirit is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 25. There we read, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. And then, as we do, we have each week, each one of us has chosen a scripture. And uh, I cheated a little bit and chose two this week. Um, one a little lengthier, one very short. But this first scripture I chose was from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. And there we read, Jesus returned from the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and afterward, Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, since you are God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread and Jesus replied, it is written, people won't live only by bread. Next, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. The devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me and I can give it to anyone I want. Therefore, if you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it's written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only God. The devil brought him into Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, since you are God's son, throw yourself down from here for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus answered, it's been said, don't test the Lord your God. After finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. And then, it's a bonus, Proverbs 12, 18, we read, Some chatter on like a stabbing sword, but a wise tongue heals. And Jules, why don't you go ahead and read for us the scripture you chose for this week? Sure. This is from Exodus 20. It'll be pretty familiar, much like your story is familiar. Then God spoke all these words. I'm the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation to those who reject me but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses God's name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. 
For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. And therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your mother and your father, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slaves or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Hear what the spirit is saying through the scriptures. Thanks be to God. There's so much in there that I didn't even think about until we just read those out loud. Holy I know, right? I was hearing you. I was like, Oof. <laughs> oh, oh, heavens. Um. So self-control is the final gift of the spirit. And you and I noticed that in fact, the word for self-control is sort of, it's like crickets in scripture. There's mm-hmm. very few places where this even comes up. It's almost like the text is not concerned about it, right? Mm-hmm. But here we are and you picked this passage from Luke and I picked this passage from Exodus. Why did you, also with your cheater passage from Proverbs, good job. Um, why I'll talk you, about both. Yeah, why did you pick the ones that you picked? When well, the word self-control is not included in them. Right. So um, last week you were vulnerable enough to share that you were not excited about talking about gentleness because it's one that you feel like you are maybe not the best at. And so I'm going to be vulnerable and share that I have not looked forward to talking about self-control um, because... I'm not exceptionally good at that that one. And um, so uh, to use Enneagram language, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So my shadow side is indulgence or gluttony. And so the idea of self-control is not one that I, I, uh, I'm particularly fond of. And so immediately this, and I'm, I'm gonna explain why I chose the temptation narrative. And the reason is this, as one who struggles with self-control, um, I remember when I first heard this, when I was very young, and as I was, my, my mind and brain and heart and body were all developing, I remember reading this story, and every time I would hear it, my theology was such that, you know, I was taught Jesus is fully human, but also fully God. And so I remember hearing this story, and every time I'd be like, it's not fair. It's not fair. Of course, Jesus can resist temptation. He's God. He's fully God. Like, of course, he's going to be able to resist. Not much of a test. Not much of a test. He's God. So, and even though it's, he's super hungry. He's been fasting. He's been 40 days. I I would still be like, no, still not fair. Because if he's fully God, he can be hungry. And, you know, and he can resist all of these things. I would struggle more because I don't, I'm not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. Which makes it okay then that you struggle is what you're saying. It's like, yeah, and also it just makes it not fair. Like not to, fair. to use this to teach is mm-hmm. for me, I remember just being like, I, I, and I was all, almost dismissive of it in a fairly naive way. Um, and, uh, but the more that I've looked at it from the lens of, as I've been leaning into and growing in contemplative Christianity in this, the, the practice of contemplation, uh, 
I, I realize a couple things about the story which are, are really important. Um, the first one is this. Oh, I also used to think three times. Three times he was tempted. Big Not deal. come out of the park. Big deal. Three times. But the text tells us the, that Jesus went into the wilderness and was tempted for 40 days. These are just snippets, examples of ways that Jesus was tempted. This was probably incessant. And you and I were talking before we started recording here about the fact that I used to think, well, this is Jesus wandering through the wilderness, you know, um, but that's not what they would do. This was Jesus actually sitting, fasting and sitting in prayer and contemplation. And having that image in my mind, it actually helped, like I realized how much when I'm trying to sit and practice, how difficult it is, how I'm easily distracted by, oh, my foot itches or, you know, whatever it is, the little thing. Um, Jesus is being centered and concentrating this whole time. And so there are big dog temptations here in order to distract him, move him away from his being centered on God, focusing on the presence of God within him, um, preparing for what will be the rest of his ministry journey. And, and so that just opened my eyes to the fact that this, there's something to this that I can connect to in that way, because I understand um, that level of, of distraction. And I also think that Jesus experienced this, this experience of Jesus having this all the time and still being committed to being centered in order to have that kind of self-control. This is something I can glean uh, from, from that passage now. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it strikes me that I love that. I love the work you did around, Oh, he's tempted for 40 days. Mm -hmm. And I realized, as you were saying that, the very last phrase of the text you chose is, and the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. Right. Which it is ongoing. And Jesus expresses, I think this is why he's so mysterious to us. Throughout his ministry, he does things where we're like, how did he control himself in that moment? How did he, you know, when he's standing in front of the Sanhedrin or when he's standing in front of, um, other religious leaders and they're just like lambasting him. And, you know, I mean, he's he's surrounded by crowds who are angry with him and he's just at peace and he's very centered and he's able to draw on his wisdom and say just exactly the right thing. Like those are the next opportunities that are, I think referenced in this text, right? Like there are so many moments and he still is able to be present. Like, wow, that for me helps me understand how this would be a real gift of the spirit. It's not about like locking down and just being in control of yourself. Mm. It's like being present, as you said, like so present to the spirit that you can do that. Does I think that's really it, fascinating. That, that to me is, it, it's also something that, um, I guess for lack of a, a better way of saying this, seems like I can move toward that. Yeah. I can strive, like that's a possible. Being Jesus and just ping, ping, ping temptations in the world. That I'm like, I, no, 
I can never do that. But to be, to seek to be present enough to be more and more in, uh, in command of and, and, and have more agency over uh, the things that, that I think or do or impulses, uh, that, that to me is something that I, I think is, um, I, that I can work toward. Yeah. And, and for those of us who struggle with addictive behaviors or who have ongoing patterns in our, and let's be honest, regardless of how they show up, we all do have patterns that are about lack of control, right? Mm -hmm. We don't, we, we just can't, we don't understand the patterns that we're in and we continue to do them. But especially for folks that are addicted or in recovery and understand that pattern, what this story gives me is the recognition like, oh, if you're in that pattern, if I'm in that pattern, then leaning into God's presence is a, that's how this is a gift of the spirit. Mm -hmm. I can have more self-control. I can be more, uh, you know, of God's will, whatever that means to you. Yeah. If I'm present to it. So when I feel scared and like, you know, in this story, like the devil is asking me things. I, that, that's not how I uh, understand evil to work. But like in this story, the devil's asking me things and trying to pressure me to do things. I can be present like Jesus and actually not submit. Yeah. Because the spirit is present and because I've done the work. And that for me is hope. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's why, I actually, that's why I chose the, the, what you call the little cheater tag on text there, because it's, it's something that, that uh, was, has been brought to my mind and, and heart uh, recently. Um, I was, uh, again, as an Enneagram seven, I'm prone to um, uh, trying to be, uh, I'm the enthusiast, right? And so I, I, um, like to make a funny joke, I, and, and I, I like to be witty and life of the party and that kind of thing. And sometimes without even thinking about consequences for it, I just see an opportunity and say the thing. And I, I was, uh, I get the, the daily Enneagram email that it just gives a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of encouragement around that particular type. And, and I received one that, that said, um, pay attention to the moments when you uh, will make the joke just to get the laugh without thinking about whether or not that will hurt someone. And I was like, ooh, I do that so frequently. Just, I just wanna get that instant laugh because it means people like me because they think I'm funny. And, and that, this, this proverb, some chatter on like a stabbing sword, the image of just, I'll just say it. I'll just say it. This will be funny. This will be funny without thinking about how it might wound. Yeah. And more recently, I found myself um, seeking to be more self-controlled about that and finding myself able to, or more able to, <laughs> to say, uh, to stop myself and just go, mm, um, maybe not that. Yeah. No. You don't, do you have to say this right now? I know you want to. It's probably a really good one. Probably would get a good laugh. But do you need to? And, and have you thought about what the, like the consequences of this, how this might make someone feel? Um, and, and in those moments, that's what this proverb says, but a wise tongue heals. 
Mm. And I think that, that wisdom is sometimes, for me, is just taming that tongue, just not, in order to not wound and to maybe even uh, allow for healing moment and just the moment, or the moment to just be, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, so that, that's why I, uh, I've been encouraged by um, the spirits prompting me in those moments uh, and being able to receive that yeah. and just be, be able to go, nope, not this one. Not this have one. more control over yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. For that, that, that's a beautiful example of, I think the ways that self-control can show up. Cause I think as Christians, especially for any of us who have walked the journey through evangelicalism, mm-hmm. um, self-control can often in our, in our hearts and spirits be related to like sexual behavior or, um, consumption or, you know, like very Mm -hmm. things that are important, but are not the fullness of human experience and not the diversity of the ways where we don't express wisdom Mm -hmm. in our behavior. Right. Um, which why, you know, things like, you know, justice gets left on off the table and we don't, you know, there's so much to talk about with self-control around just behavior. Right. Um, and so the idea that it's, it's also about how you speak, uh-huh. about how you, uh, how your ego gets involved in a situation mm-hmm. is really shattering. It's so helpful. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've often historically made the choice to talk about it that way. It's actually one of the reasons I chose the scripture that I chose. Yeah. I'm curious. You, you went to, <laughs> I went temptation narrative. You went 10 commandments. Well, we haven't talked about them and it feels, they feel so related to me to the fruits of the spirit Hmm. um, because the only way we can live into the 10 commandments is if we're expressing some of this in some ways, but like Hmm. I, you know, the 10 commandments, we all like basically know them, but then when you read them again, especially out loud, you realize how heavy they are on certain parts and not on other like they don't explain much sabbath gets explained i am the lord your god don't have any idols gets explained but the other ones it's almost like the text is like this is not necessary to explain it's so obvious (laughs) Um, right just don't kill don't steal don't covet by the way don't covet anything not just people but also anything of your neighbors like it's very very direct and and yet like elementary school level yeah don't steal exactly it's don't hit people (laughs) don't steal don't murder yet Mm -hmm. please please introduce me to one human person who has not countered counteracted or violated at least one but probably many of these i know i have broken numerous of these numerous Mm -hmm. of these and um, so it's, it's interesting to me around self-control because it's almost like I was thinking about it when I was thinking about what text to choose. It's like God said, you know, self-control, uh, not super important to me because it doesn't show up all, almost anywhere except in these areas. Here's where you need to control yourself. You need to control yourself around how you speak to me and how you speak of me 
You need to control yourself around how you treat the people in your vicinity who are you related to or not related to, whether they are strangers to you or familiar. Careful how you treat them. And also how you treat things in the world, not just people, but things. Your relationship to things, people, and me are really, really important. And here's how you have to have control over yourself. And it's just 10. It's not a long list. Like, it's really kind of a limited list. And mm -hmm. yet, we are not good at following it. We do not observe it well. Right, and right. so it's curious to me because it really highlighted, like, wow, in order to be baseline, like, human... Uh, we really need the spirit's help mm. at this point because we are not for history. We haven't been, I mean, there's a reason these are the rules. Like they still apply. We have not gotten all that much better at them. And so, and they've gotten more complicated, mm -hmm. right? Like what stealing looks like in my life is way different than what it looked like in Moses's time. Uh, I steal from people all the time because our economic system is so complicated and because you barely know even who you're stealing from at this point, right? So I, I just think about self-control and how complicated it is and how much grace, how much spirit practice and presence it takes now to even be able to do the basics well. And like how grateful I am when, like you said in your example, the spirit shows up to help you and to mm -hmm. say like, actually, Andy, talking and making jokes like that is not... Like we need some more self-control over it. And for me, it's, you know, being defensive when I'm criticized, like constantly practicing the self-control of saying, thank you, instead of being like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> right? It comes out for all of us in such yeah. different ways. Yeah. I, it, yes. And, and I think we, <laughs> um, I love how you, you said saying thank you instead of no, you're wrong. Because the reality is, we, and we, I think we would both admit this, uh, as much as we're thankful for the spirit, when we do those things, yeah. when we're able to, I still hit plenty of jokes out of the park that are teed up for me and because they're just there. And I am sure that there are moments you're like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, and that's where, you know, this, the gift of the spirit of self-control is kind of a little, it's like ongoing in an interesting way because then how self-control would express itself for me in that situation. And I'm, I've got lots of things that I do wrong all the time, but like in that situation, if my ego gets involved and I'm like, nope, being defensive now, instead of, oh, thank you, please give me some feedback. Then the spirit shows up and says, okay, now your self-control is around going back to that situation yeah. and saying, I'm sorry, I messed it up. Can I have some more feedback? I, I, I got it. Like self-control looks like a lot of things, right? It looks like saying, saying you're sorry. Yeah. Like going back to is definitely about that. Saying, Oh man, that shot, that wasn't cool. I'm that sorry. didn't work. Yeah. It really and, wasn't cool. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, I think that the 10 commandments piece is helpful because it sort of sets the widest parameters around where your self-control can show up. But then we live in a really complicated world and there's a lot more in there. So we can't just use them as the only boundaries we need to have about where we act. Clearly you and I are having a conversation about two things we do that are not listed, mm -hmm. uh, but they're really good outside boundaries. 
Yeah. Like don't go farther than these. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when it comes to self-control, I know when we were doing some, some work on what, what even is that in scripture? Like, what does that even mean in the text? It, it seems to mean most when it's used as, um, having power over yourself or being masterful over yourself, being able to restrain yourself, mm-hmm. not like being in control, but like having the self composure and the presence of mind and spirit to remain in, oh, to have power over yourself and not get out of your own head, you know, way, like, to, to not get out of control of yourself. Of course, self-control, not out of control of yourself. Yeah. It's just like, there's a little bit of a, okay, I can be here. I can look around and I can say, I'm going to make a choice to do this mm-hmm. instead of being compelled to do something. Right. You're not, you're not leashed to the house, right? <laughs> right? But instead you just stay close to the house because that's a choice. You're making yeah. a choice. It's not because you're constrained, trapped, tied down, whatever it is. You're like, no, <laughs> my own volition, out of my own volition, my own agency to use that word again, uh, that I, I make this choice. Yeah. And without the Holy Spirit, we may be, to use that same metaphor, like off the chain. Like, Absolutely. And I, I think that's a helpful, um, I think it's a helpful adaptation or like reframing of that word for me because self-control can feel very constraining and very small. And instead it's almost like as a, as a fruit of the spirit, it's liberating because it gives you a moment, gives you pause to say, what do I really want? What is the best thing to do here or to say, or to how, how can I be in a way that is actually much better for myself for my relationship with others, for my relationship with God. And then you might make a choice that other people don't understand, but at least you'll have made a choice instead mm-hmm. of just going off and, you know, stabbing tongue is the image that you use. Yeah. And I think it's so helpful because it's like, wow, that's, that's a visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You ready for questions? Let's ask some, let's ask some questions about, so I, I'm, I'm really thankful. Um, the conversation wasn't as painful as I thought it would be. <laughs> we both lived through the worst one we could imagine. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> You're still uh, alive. <laughs> so questions, a couple of questions that we have that we'll post um, on Facebook and uh, that we encourage you to stay for questions of the people after the prayers of the people time. Uh, the first one is this. If you could choose one area to have more self-control over, what, where would you pray for that to be? What area would that be? And then why? Why that area? And then the second question is, why do you think God cares about self-control? Why do you think God cares about self-control? So I encourage you to to chew on uh, those questions and explore those either on your own or or with one another. Um, We're also always open to feedback in the comment section when we post these to Facebook. 
um, or to YouTube if you subscribe on YouTube. So, yeah. Anything else? I think if you want to pray, I can sing to us. Great. Let me pray. Loving God, we thank you for the guidance that you give via the uh, example of Jesus and your, your commandments. Thank you for the parameters that you set for us because you love us. And we thank you for the freedom that we find in self-control and for the Holy Spirit that affords us the opportunity to live into that well. And without which, I know personally, I would continue to just struggle mightily. And so we pray that you would continue to prompt us via your spirit in those moments where we may feel like we will lose control, that we don't have volition, that we don't have agency. We pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us, would move through us, and be fruitful by way of self-control. Thank you for this conversation and the conversations to come as a result of this time. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. In all the holy names of God. Amen. Amen. Now, as we do every week, I'm going to bless you out with our benediction. Um, I know many of you like to sing along at home. We hope you will. It's always beautiful to think about everyone singing uh, this, this song that we miss so much, singing together in person. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious, gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up God's countenance upon you and give you give you, give you peace. Stay at home to love and serve the Lord. We miss you. Love you all. Bye.